Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This episode is brought to you by Pizza Trocadero, the finest pizzeria in all of Guelph, Ontario. They've got delicious gourmet pizzas or choose from an array of fresh ingredients and make whatever you like. Calzones, wings, panzerottis, salads, breadsticks, garlic bread. Pizza Trocadero has it all. You can find them at 7 Municipal Street in Guelph or visit them online at trocaderoguelph.ca. That's T-R-O-K-A-D-E-R-O-G-U-E-L-P-H dot C-A. Call them at 519-829-2444 for pickup or delivery. That's Pizza Trocadero, a place of the good trade. Creative Control with Vish Khanna. Hello and welcome to episode 253 of this Creative Control with Vish Khanna podcast. I'm Vish. And on the show today, Several Futures, a post-punk band from Toronto consisting of Johnny Dovercourt, Matt Nish Lapidus, and Evan Davies. Now, Johnny's the driving force behind Toronto's uh, quite celebrated Wavelength concert series, and he and Davies once played together in a band I really, really loved called Republic of Safety. Now, they're joined with uh, Matt here to form this band, Several Futures, and they are playing a bunch of shows over the next little while. They are uh, playing Ottawa's Gabba Hay on May 6th, Montreal's Brasserie Beaubien on May 7th, Peterborough's The Spill on May 13th, and Toronto's Double Double Land on May 26th, all in support of their excellent new album, Before You Forget, which is out now. I recently, not that long ago, I think it was last weekend, I, I did a, like a walk-in talk with several, several futures around Toronto and decided that uh, our destination should be a local pizza place. As you know, if you listen to the show, I have a pizza problem. I really like pizza. I... I, I have a pizza sponsor. It's like a it's like having a, a pizza dealer. I just get free pizza whenever I want, and I'm just like a mainlining pizza half the time. You don't even know. Anyway, I have a pizza problem, and I thought I'd uh, let these guys get uh, help me get my fix. So we did a walk and talk to a pizza place, and that's what you're going to hear. We're going to talk about the band and culture. These are smart men. I thought it would be fun. So this is myself and several futures walking around Toronto. Enjoy. Oh, 
Matt, do you live here? In Toronto? No, no, in this in house. This, I no, assume you live in Toronto. I do not live in this house. Who lives in this house? Uh, just Johnny. It's just me. You have your own place? I have my own place. You're like a full-grown adult now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm paying the price for it. When was the last time you had a roommate? Uh, last time I had a roommate? Uh, five years ago. Wow, okay, you've been full-on adult for a while. That's correct. I, I could, not that there's anything wrong with having a roommate. It doesn't make you an adolescent or immature or juvenile, but that is a... Once you stop having roommate, it's, roommates, it's a sign of adulthood, I think, on some level. It's hard to go back. It's absolutely difficult to go back. I, yeah. Yeah, it's impossible. Like you, once you have your own space and you can do whatever you want with it, how, how do you share that with somebody? Well, and then, you know, if you are someone who is a breeder, you partner up and then you just make new horrible roommates. And they know they leave their stuff everywhere and they're just like, dude, like you, you're the worst roommate. My kids are the worst roommates I've ever had. Yeah, I can believe it. <laughs> it's kind of bad. It's kind of bad. Now, uh, Johnny, this is a nice uh, apartment. We're, what, what, what area of Toronto are we in technically? Uh, this is Trinity Bellwoods. Which is named after a park. The park is like right over there. I'm pointing. You can't see because it's radio, but I'm... No, it's not. It's the online... No, it's the radio. It's online radio. I'm pointing east towards the park, Trinity Bellwoods, the namesake park. I live a block away from it. Now, you've been on the show. This is actually your second appearance on this. We've spoken many times over the years, but this is your second appearance on this show. And as I recall, the first time we actually met at the park. Yeah, I feel like we did a couple of park interviews, like maybe one about all caps and one about Republic of Safety. Yeah, Republic of Safety would have been like CFRU, my Mish Vish interracial morning show that I did with my wife. And I'm, it, it was myself and you and Maggie McDonald, right? Correct. Yeah, that was it was just that was around here somewhere. Oh, that was Dufferin Grove Park, another another community ish, way more community ish park than uh, Trinity Bellwoods. Bellwoods is sort of known for tall cans of beer and millennials, and uh, uh, Dufferin Grove is more populated by your beloved breeder types. Right, right, families and stuff. Yeah, right. If right. Uh, if Trinity Bellwoods is Coachella, then Dufferin Grove is Mariposa. <laughs> oh, I was going to say hillside, but. <laughs> Maybe, maybe now. Oh, I'm Mariposa. Sorry, no, no, that's good. You don't have to, don't feel slighted. Don't, uh, hillside Mariposa. It's fine. Now, uh, we are going to do a walk and talk today a yeah. little bit because I'm starving yeah. and I have another engagement after our interview. Did you guys eat? Are you hungry? Uh, we were going to eat anyway, so I think this is an excellent convergence of plans. Okay, so where should we go in this neighborhood? Where, where would be a good place to go? Well, you'd mentioned something about wanting one of the best pizza slices in Toronto earlier, so... We were thinking Batondos. Batondos. Now, what I've heard of this, every time I say, tell people what my favorite slice in Toronto is, because I talk about pizza a little too much on this show, <laughs> uh, I like Fresca, which is the old Massimo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're, especially their Caprese. I used to like uh, order that for takeout or like pick up home delivery all the time. Yeah, so Fresca is my slice. Um, it's like Spadina and uh, it's was collagen. collagen Spadina, basically. Yeah. So yeah. I like go. I make a point of going there, but every time I say it to someone in Toronto, they say, "What about Batondos?" And I'm I don't think unless I'm forgetting, I don't think I've ever been. So this is a nice treat for me. I can't yeah, wait. This will be great. It's a it's a it's very different than than the other place. It's like more kind of old school. You know, Italian American, like New York style slice. Oh, great! That sounds exciting. It's super greasy, and it's it's right across the street from the Monarch Tavern, which is a like you know bar, which is increasingly becoming a increasingly used music venue now. So whenever 
we have a show at the Monarch, we being Wavelength usually. Um, everyone's like, oh, I can't wait to have Tondo Slice for the show. And uh, my friend Adam, he uh, he jokes about uh, having a, uh, what he called a cheese bag, which is basically just like a bag a bag full of cheese and bread, <laughs> of well, hot cheese and bread. Well, that sounds kind of good, but also it <laughs> yeah. sounds like it might hurt later. I, know. I always have to warn him, don't go easy on the cheese bag because okay. he might not make it. Through so the night. Can I get like a, a margarita or something at Batondas? Would they, they have like they a... will probably have like a, a cheese slice. It won't yeah, be as fancy as margarita. I think okay. they have a I don't know if they have a, a veggie slice, but I'm pretty sure they have a cheese slice. Okay, we're gonna go uh, you're gonna you need to put your shoes on at least, John. It's nice out, but it's not that nice. Don't worry, there's slip on shoes. It's not gonna slow down the interview. Okay, so we're gonna take a walk and we'll talk about your band and we'll talk about pizza. And I'm excited because I, I I I just like pizza. A lot. Is it unlike the the, the cat uh, that likes the pizza? What's his name? Yeah, you know. Wait, no. There's not a cat. Who no, likes the cat pizza. likes lasagna. There's lasagna, Garfield. right? That yeah. was a weird Italian stereotype that I screwed up. It's vaguely racial there for a second. Who likes pizza? There's somebody likes pizza, right? Isn't there like a comic or cartoon character that likes pizza? There must be something. Oh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Oh yeah, they love pizza. That's what it is. They yeah. really like pizza. Well, I uh, I can't wait to do this now, Matt. I was thinking yeah. about your. Whoa, what the. I'm getting caught in all the microphone cables. Sorry. This is the most tethered walk I've ever been on. Yeah, it's going to be a little... It's like it's just like you're my children or something. I think I locked the... Johnny, I can't open the door. You have to, okay, you have to lean on it? Lean on it? Oh. Lean on it and turn it to the left. Okay. There you go. There, I did it. All right, I unlocked the door. There we go. Now, you guys... Okay. There you are. You ready to go, Johnny? This is nice. It's a lovely day, isn't it's it? It's beautiful, yeah. Text message from our drummer, Evan Davies. He says he said he's at college. He'll be there in five. Should I just direct him to meet us at Batondo's? Well, that, that seems to make the most sense. All right. Hey, Matt, be careful. We, okay, you, did you untangle yeah, yourself? Yeah, I just untangled, okay. yeah. All right, good, good, good. Good work. You're like, you're like the best production assistant I've ever had on this show. Because a walk and talk is not easy when you've got all these cables and then people look at you. Like, it's who, true. Who do these idiots think they are that they can walk around with a microphone? I, I'll be happy if we can clothesline someone with this. <laughs> now, you guys are in a post-punk band. That's what people would say. Several, several Futures is a post-punk band. How do you feel about that? Is that wrong? I feel or, okay about that, I think. Sure. I mean, punk's almost 40 years old, so lots of things are post-punk. That's true. That That's was a true. dad joke. Oh. That was like the most music dad joke. I didn't even realize We're, it until after I said it. <laughs> I said a dad joke to my kids the other day when they were in the car. We You're were, a dad. That's okay. It's okay. Okay. I, I, I was pretty happy with it. I said to my, I said out loud when we were at a four-way stop and someone ran the other one, the other stop sign. I said, I guess that guy thought that sign was stoptional. Oh. That's really good. That's not bad, right? That's pretty good. Yeah. Have you joined Puns Trading Zone yet? No. There's a Puns Trading Zone. Yeah. 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 It's the best. It's the it's it's the best, but the worst. It's a good place to like get your dad joke. Uh, you know, uh, impulses out, but it also encourages them. So it's a, a double edged sword. I'm this sure there's a, a pun in there somewhere that didn't have one. This is, a, this is a takeoff on Buns Trading Zone? It's, it's sort like a, of. a subgroup. It's a it's a pun on Buns Trading yeah. Zone. I was trying but to figure affiliated. out I was trying to explain Buns Trading Zone to someone the other day, but I couldn't quite do it. Do you guys have a, a handle on what Buns Trading Zone is? Of you course. You can swap stuff with people. And although it used to be more like I'll give you a painting if you mow my lawn, and now it's like <laughs> just buying stuff for subway tokens. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bartering thing. Yeah, it's an internet swap group that grew to thirty-six thousand members. It's a no cash allowed Craigslist. Yeah, it's a no cash allowed Craigslist. Oh. Where the the currency are tokens and tall cans. Why is it called Buns? B-U-N-Z. Originally it was Bums, and then someone said that was offensive to homeless people, so they changed it to Buns to be. 
I don't know, cute and funny. Oh, I didn't realize that that's <laughs> yeah. a weird thing. I didn't know that's a weird part of that history. Anyway, all right, well, I, I don't mean to just set you up on dad jokes. You're banned. But they're actually, it's a good segue because there is a Buns Trading Zone reference in the lyrics to one of our songs in the new album. Oh, how does it go? Tell me the, tell me the lyric. Uh, there's a song, one of the lyrics is, I'll settle for a curb alert. What is, oh, curb alert. That a must cur- have something. Curb alert is where on Buns you, you alert someone to like a good find, like someone put a nice shelving unit out on the, or a, you know, chest of drawers on the curb and just to take. So it's the curb alert, go to college in Clinton and get that uh, chest of drawers. Oh, I didn't realize that that's what that meant. Okay. That's really interesting. And, and what, are we going right here? Yeah, right here. Where we're on Dundas and Crawford right now, right? That's correct. What do you? What can you tell people who are listening about this area? We mentioned there's the park here. There's a woman trying to wrangle three dogs at the same time, which is kind of how I feel right now with all <laughs> yeah. of these microphone cables. Yeah, we're, I do feel like I'm on a leash a little bit, actually. Before Trinity Bellwoods Park uh, became known as a sort of like hipster enclave, it was no more in Toronto. It was a dog park, and there was actually a Don McKellar movie in the mid-90s called Dog Park, which was about then sort of 20 or 30-something hipsters, like singles, uh, trying to meet uh, and date through owning dogs in the bowl, which we're looking at right now, which is the depression like the downhill part of the um of the park which is where all which is the off-leash area for dogs and it's still a popular dog park it still is yeah for sure and a popular filmmaking location do you often see people making little movies down here yeah there's lots of like students that shoot films in here and uh in general you know there's lots of maybe not big name films like Don McKellar. There's lots of pickup softball, and then the weekends in the summer it becomes a bit of a Coachella scene with people with like, uh, you know, uh, what are those dragon sticks things called? What are those called? Aren't, aren't they just called dragon sticks? Are they? No, is that what they're know. called? And tight ropes oh, or oh, slack yeah, line. Lining. There's lots of slack. Guys with ukuleles. We're gonna cross here. We're gonna cross here. Okay. You know, it's interesting you bring up the notion of Coachella culture or or Coachella-like things. It's come up a couple times. Yeah. Because, Johnny, you've been making music and, and, and curating music for a long time in this city. What does that represent to you, the, the rise of a Coachella mindset almost? Uh, that's a good question. I think it's just, uh, I mean, every sort of generation goes through those kind of like cycles where the sort of subcultural things get become suddenly sort of take over the mainstream. I mean, I think for the six, 60s generation, it was, uh, you know, every, Woodstock. And sort of when the suburban kids discover the subcultural things and suddenly it kind of, everything becomes a bit, you know, of a parody of its former self. Uh, I think that that's just sort of where that's at, that's at with just 10 or 15 years of like Brooklyn, Toronto hipster culture is now very much a sort of safe packaged suburban fashion option. Just like a, something you can buy at H&M. Right. It was. Uh, it felt like the irony of the '90s was a reaction to the sincerity of the '80s, and then they kind of cross-pollinated or something. Is that what happened? Yeah. So you're know. saying what we you have sincere that? irony now? Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. sincere irony. That's exactly right. I don't know how else to describe it. It's like everything's fairly earnest. Like most of the artists playing Coachella aren't like necessarily novelty acts. That's not, true. Not, and I mean, a lot of the artists that we, you know, we everyone's very impassioned. It seems about everything and then it, it becomes kind of like a, a weird knot of like who is just like doing something fun you know everything seems so earnest and that's I feel like where the middle zone is and that's where the Coachella like we can't help but make fun of how earnest everyone is but it's also so referential like there's there's 
a lot going on now, especially in kind of that level of almost mainstream pop music and the culture around it that is is just like a constant remix right now. Like there's no, or there's not a, as much anyway of like totally off the wall, crazy, unexpected stuff. It's just kind of like a churn. And yeah. Uh, yeah. like I've been waiting as I got as I'm getting older I've been waiting for that moment when I feel like all the music that kids listen to these days sounds like noise and it's not happening <laughs> it's going the other direction yeah it's it's like easy listening now um, I just like I, I think that the, the thing that's sort of becoming so hard to comprehend about that sort of like I don't even know what to call this kind of like convergence of mass culture and underground culture is the kind of weird uh, like reverence of these legacy artists um, like the the fact that we're all supposed to get excited about Guns and Roses getting back together, <laughs> you know, like yeah, and um, and uh, we're all supposed to be spending an hour talking about the new Beyonce album, <laughs> and it's very uh, uh, this sort of very sort of reverential consumption of things that used to be a joke to us in the DIY underground. <laughs> Like we're doing kind of this, so that's a weird, you just cited an example of two things happening at the same time, the yeah. legacy artist and the superstar, like the contemporary superstar elicits a thousand think pieces and the return of the legacy act kind of takes over the news cycle for a little while as well. So that's like a weird, I don't know. It's this, like time's compressed now, right? Like, like, and it's, you see this in a lot of arts and culture generally, it, it's the you know the the legacy of postmodernism in some ways, but like like we live in kind of a flat time where yeah. things don't exist in specific periods anymore. It all just kind of coexists, and because of both the like the popularization of these underground movements, but also the like fractions yep. and how the smallest niche things can now get an audience, we have this explosion of like. You know, people who are into 1930s washboard jazz. And so there's all these new washboard jazz bands right. and there's an audience right. for that. Right. But like, that's a thing that, that wouldn't have existed in a kind of more modernist focused era, right? Where, where there's like this real love of the new. And, right. and right. so we've got this like collapse kind of, of, of time periods, cultural time periods in some ways. Now, do, do either of you, I kind of started at this line of discussion by asking uh, Johnny from his vantage point what he made of all of this, but can you think of a, a starting point or something? Like, do you know what maybe caused this to happen? Do either of you have an idea? The internet? Yeah, I it, think it's a the, large part of it is probably, yeah. Yeah, it's, and well, two things, internet and the, which may or may not have sort of caused a lack of generational divide between the current young people and current middle-aged people. Like, uh, I remember being in L.A. in the fall, and I was at uh, Amoeba Music, and noticed that all the pairs of shopping people were a parent and their teenage child who were, like, buying all the same records and getting excited about the same Elton John records. Right, yeah. Um, so Is that good or bad? I think it's fine. I think it's just, um, it just puts uh, sort of pop music or rock music culture which thrives a bit on rebellion into a bit of a mild crisis. I think there's there's more than the internet though. I think part of it is also that that like until the 90s probably 
the history of recorded music and popular music was still really short. Yeah. Right, right. Right? And so now there's so much existing music. Which is so accessible. Yeah, which is so accessible that it's like becoming more, you know, you, it's easy to discover things that already exist that you didn't know you loved. Uh, and there's more old stuff surfacing than there is new stuff being produced. Right, right, exactly. Because on some level, some of us and some of the people that are in charge of the marketplace may well be out of energy. I was going to say out of ideas, but they <laughs> might actually be out of energy to invest in yeah. these new ideas, right? I think there's, that's part of it. And, and in some ways, the, the, the business realities of music have changed a lot. Uh, and, you know, the, the organizations that are heavily invested in making a profit off of this stuff yeah. need to have a safe return so they yeah. do what's safe. Right, because no one really knows what's going to take. So they, it's kind of like the 90s where there was that feeding frenzy on all the underground rock, but it seems a bit tempered now where, like, people seem willing to try to invest a little bit in something in hopes that it will take, but they don't really... There's, there seems to be less, curat there seems to be less of a curatorial knowledge about it. It just yeah. whatever takes takes, I think. And it's just sort of um, back then it was uh, you know like underground zines causing bands with hardly any draw to get quarter million dollar record contracts with major labels, and now it's um, uh, like bands with hardly any draw getting stereo gum features that lead them to overpriced festival plays. So. It's yeah. kind of in the ways it's kind of the same. It's just sort of yeah. shi shifting one, like, uh, gambling system to another. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, totally. Now, I will note that uh, Johnny and I are currently on a sidewalk, and Matt has <laughs> yeah. been relegated to a road where cars are actually... I am walking on the road, yeah. Yeah, I feel like Matt should be... Come on, Matt. Come up, come right. up here with us. I don't mind walking Get on the road. Get on stage, buddy. There you go. <laughs> That's much better. Now, we've keep talked... Him on a tighter, keep him on a tighter leash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I gave him the long leash. Yeah. It's true. How does any of what we just discussed end up informing what you guys are doing in this band, Several Futures? Because it seems to me that you're probably like me in your late 30s, early 40s, maybe, and you're making Maybe. <laughs> we'll keep the illusion alive. That maybe you're in your 20s. Who knows? But, you know, you're at a place where you're making uh, music that is important to you, obviously, and, and I think probably echoes some formative influences in your life, uh, maybe more so than what's going on now, but that can be, but it still sounds fresh, it still sounds good. Can you talk a little bit about how this band came together and whether you had uh, sort of discussions about what you wanted to do, that kind of thing? Matt, do you want to start? Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, all of us have played together in different formats over the years. Oh, there's Evan walking towards us. Oh, this is Evan, uh, your drummer? Yeah. Oh, look at that. So, uh, so we've all played together in different ways, uh -huh. and and I think the three of us always seem to come back together because of those shared foundation interests. Um, you know, we, there's certain bands that we all love and find interesting, but we also have really diverse musical taste, which I think is is also like something that 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 bonds us really nicely. Like, like we're not stuck in one genre in terms of our interests necessarily, and we like to try and bring some of those things into the music. But so um, Evan and Johnny played together in Republic of Safety. And then Evan and I played together in this band called This Mess. And at the same time, you and I, at the same time as Evan and I, and this is Evan, our drummer, please meet Vish Khanna. Oh, hi, Evan. How are you? Vish. Nice to meet you, Evan. Have we met before? I don't know. You look familiar to me. Anyway. Evan played drums in Republic of Safety. Yes, that's right. So I would have been 
Wah! like cheering for you in the darkness <laughs> okay. uh, a lot. And I don't do that anymore. I, your darkness is safe. Don't worry. Sorry? So go back 10 years or so ago. I was actually playing in two bands at the same time. I was in Republic of Safety with Evan and Maggie and Kat and Kate. And at the same time, I was in uh, Three Ring Circuits with this Matt, with Matt here yeah. and our friend Dean. So sort of doing, balancing sort of political vocally charged dance punk with like instrumental electronic post-rock yeah oh, nice yeah okay. and uh and then i don't know we just kind of played together in different ways over the years so johnny and i had an uh improvised experimental guitar duo for a while called hybrid moments mm-hmm. um and like i mentioned evan and i were in a punk band called this mess and uh and then when that kind of dissolved it felt like a good time to get back together and right. the three of us started playing and it felt really natural right away like it didn't we didn't really discuss the sound outright we we had some ideas about where we wanted to go and then and then it just i mean some in some ways it just kind of happened so the foundation is friendships and sort of mutual experiences whether that's listening to the same stuff or attending the same shows i think a lot of it is yeah well i mean we all like share like pretty common tastes in music and that's obviously a pretty good uh like you know starting point for doing something creative is if you all like the same stuff (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah you can nerd out about it and i hadn't uh i'd actually before we started i hadn't played in a band in a few years, I think it had been three or four years that I just sort of hadn't done it. I was tired. I was, I needed a break. You know, I'd spent a lot, a big chunk of my life doing it and I just took a break from it. And then I needed, I needed to come around to the point where I missed it. I also hadn't been playing bass and I picked up the bass and realized how much I missed it. And around the same time, uh, I went for a beer with Matt and Matt was saying, I want to start a new band that's sort of a cross between Sonic Youth and, uh, Glenn Branca. Or no, 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 it was like Glenn Branca meets No Means No or yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Oh, interesting. That's an interesting <laughs> starting point. And I was like, I'm in. <laughs> so so it, was pretty, it was pretty easy after that for us to get started. Evan, it's nice to uh, meet you again. I guess uh, like we were just discussing, uh, I probably saw you play, but I don't know that we've interacted too much. Uh, how's your day going? Uh, it's been long, but good. Thanks. What, yeah. what, what How about you? you? Oh, not bad, not yeah. bad. What were you up to today? I was just working. Where do you work? Uh, I work at a, a PR and marketing company. Oh, that yeah. sounds evil. <laughs> who do you do PR and marketing for? Can you say? Uh, a lot of, uh, probably shouldn't. You shouldn't say yeah. who they are. Okay, yeah. that sounds, well, that's a hard day. You're a creative guy then? You write? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm a writer there. You write copy? Yeah. Okay, all right. Now, we were just, uh, before you joined us, we were talking about, uh, uh, I've been to, you know what? I've been to Batondos. Oh. I totally forgot. What a bait and switch. I totally forgot that I went here after uh, some of the events at the Monarch. I totally blanked on that. That's fine. Well, we could switch gears. There's San Francesco right across the street there. No, no, no. It's fu- Well, is it good? I, I haven't I had pizza there in a I long time. I think it's as good as Batonda. No, I'm such an idiot. Their, uh, their sandwiches are really good. Yeah. I'm I can vouch for their sandwiches. You, okay, well, I'm such an idiot that I thought I hadn't eaten here. That's why we came, and oh, I was like, I always hear about it, and I have had it. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah, that's fine. It's, not, yeah. it's no frescas. It's not like the place I like to go, but it's good. We're going we're gonna to try it out. Okay. Anyway, before we go in there, mm-hmm. uh, talk about, uh, I mean, these guys kind of established it, but can you talk about how you came to play with these guys and, and what drives you to play kind of stuff? Oh, okay. Um, well, I, uh, when I first started playing with Johnny, we, we just sort of um, met randomly. I used to work at a, a cafe at U of T uh, down at the St. George campus, and uh, we would we would chat and then uh, sort of realized that uh, 
my roommate at the time uh, was friends with Johnny. So blah, blah, blah. We, we hit it off right, and sure. then talked about music. And I was probably playing a lot of music at the cafe at the time and sort of like struck up conversations that way. Um, I think you were playing Converge. Stuff like that, yeah. That that would have been like yeah. the, you were. This was a heavy band. You were playing Converge in a cafe. I I was probably, yeah, yeah. Is that, yeah. that is I, that? I think that's why I was like, hey man, who is this? Yeah, and, yeah, Because uh, yeah. it was you know it wasn't um, Bjork or whatever. Yeah, sure. It wasn't yeah. normal cafe fare. Okay, yeah. it wasn't a Starbucks you were working at. Probably. No, no. It was it was like a student dive. Cafe. Okay, yeah. all right. Let's see if you could play Converge. Okay. So uh, and and so um, I mean we we did that with Republic for for quite a while. Um, the sort of took a break and bounced around playing in other sort of like genre bands for a time but nothing really clicked like it like it did there right um and um i i I wanted to play again i wanted to play like music that i enjoyed playing and so um johnny and i had tea one afternoon and uh Sort of, I I expressed my my desire to do so, and then he put me in touch with Matt, and we started going from there. And as for the the other question, um, like what sort of drives me to play? Yeah, um, I don't know. Well, it's yeah, it's catharsis. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I I don't know. I feel like um, sort of. Uh, even if my sort of flat tone deceives what I'm about to say, I, 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 I tend to bubble over creatively a lot of the time, so I just need outlets for that. Right. Do you remember yeah. the Republic of Safety song Vacation? Yes, of course. You know, the guy goes, If you like it so much, to quit your drive. Yeah, it kind of sounds like that. Was was that your Maggie McDonald? No, that's Evan. Oh, that was you saying it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I didn't realize that. I was the one who's screaming. <laughs> I didn't screaming realize that. Yeah, yeah. And according to Johnny, you sound a bit like a Muppet. Well, yeah. Yeah. I've been called worse. I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah. You guys, and would you have played the show at Hillside that. Uh, That's right. Yeah. 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 That was a yeah, good yeah, that, yeah. Was a that was. Yeah. Okay. I think that was one of our last shows. Yeah. In that lineup. Yeah. I think I really, I was involved at the time with the festival, and I guess oh, okay. I still am, so I've really fought to have That's, you guys play. And then, yeah. and then I heard you were you were kind of done. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was, yeah. Well, we kind of like uh, regrouped in a different format after that, but it sort of limped to the finish after that. So. The music changed. The style, the stylistic stuff was happening. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Okay. At, um, just a little anecdote about Hillside because you know how they um, they they would pair up bands uh, so you would do your set the, wor- the workshop the workshops and so I don't I don't remember who they w- they were I think they were uh, from somewhere in, like in Europe like a Danish They're, dub band yeah um, so oh, I wonder who that would have been they uh, we were sort of like introduced and then at the same time basically like, okay go on stage and play and um, I don't know, maybe maybe we just weren't feeling it after like a day of like being out in the sun. Oh, and it was a bad experience? No, 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 no. I'm not going to say it was a bad experience. I'm going to say it was like um, an unexpected experience. And um, they were uh, they were pretty precious about their instruments and oh, who yeah, was playing what. Oh, yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, we kind of dubbed out... Um, yeah, how would how would you describe the the dubbing that we? I don't did? know. We tried to make everything. We ended up sort of making everything sound like the stereo MCs. Just sort of like, <laughs> yeah. Like I think that they were like we ended up just giving up trying to play any instruments and we just started singing and rapping really badly. Oh, on yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. And so I I took like lead vocal duties because yeah. the dr- the drummer from these dudes it was basically like no you can't touch my stuff, and so I kind of. Um, yeah, I I don't uh, parody might might be a way to describe the the way I approach vocal. Okay, so uh, in fact it wasn't bad. It was fun. It was memorable and fun. Yeah, it was fun. And I mean the the, the weird part was like I sort of I'd had a few drinks I think so I'd like close my eyes and when I opened them again after like a few minutes they were like 
I don't know, a hundred people just sort of like dancing and grooving. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And that's what happens at those workshops. Yeah. They're kind of fun. I kind of, that's a good thing. It's it not was, a bad thing. It's not bad at all. It's surreal. I'd I love to hear a recording of it because I, rec I recall some parts of it being actually kind of good in a sort of weird stereo MC's way. Like, I think I was actually was playing some guitar, but kind of doing a sort of just jagged gang of four thing. Evan was rapping and like <laughs> Laura Barrett and our bassist Marlena were doing like sort of like these like harmony vocals oh yeah yeah there's probably there probably is a recording of it yeah. i could try to let's, track it down let's let's, let's yeah. premiere that on the next creative, con creative control <laughs> we could do a remix of it for our, our yeah. next release yeah, your next record yeah. yeah that would be good yeah now uh okay do you want to let's go order yeah some food. I, I will eat a pizza let's, slice uh, do you want to have a slice let's see what they say in here they're going to be okay I'll, I'll warn you guys sometimes people are really into this and sometimes they get really weirded out that we brought i got microphones and i'm talking to them because they don't want to get in trouble their boss isn't there so let's just play this by ear. Let's just pretend the microphones aren't even there and see what they say. Sure. Okay, I'm just giving you a warning here. Okay, let's, okay. let's see what happens. Hello. Oh, that's, someone's on the phone here. So then we can't even order. What do you normally, what, so you, what, do you come here all the time? I get the pepperoni slice. You get the pepperoni? What do you get, Johnny? Well, it doesn't look like there's anything but pepperoni, is there? Oh, is that right? There's pepperoni and there's calzones, it looks like. Oh boy, all right. Well, let's find out what's in the calzone. I had a calzone, I think, the last time I was here. There's probably just cheese or something. Anyway, I'll figure it out. It'll be fine. She'll tell us. We'll find out if there's any vegetarian options, right? Evan, what do you eat? Do you eat anything? Uh, I'm. It sounds kind of funny. I'm kind of not doing like carb thing. <laughs> That's fine. You know, oh, I'm sorry. Was that you? Just feel weird divulging that personal information? Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, you look great. If that's what you're going for, don't, don't, uh... Are you on paleo, dude? No, no, I, I would never call it that. I just, just... Are you on the Atkins diet? Nothing, no diet, no, no ism or specific... Diet. Evan refuses to be labeled. Yeah, that's right. Like you're not a, you're on some post-punk diet. No, 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 I just want to eat vegetables and, and less carbs. Okay, that's, that's would, a good idea. What would idea. the post-punk diet be? I'd be probably pretty angry and, It would uh, be, I think, like, like, cheap beer, I don't know, tall boys of 50 and, uh... You think? Yeah, probably. I want to ask and, you guys about and sorrow. I don't and know. but like uh, vegan um, heartache. Vegan heartache. Interesting. Uh, I would say they have that on the menu. Vegan heartache. Like palm frond sandwiches. I don't know. <laughs> I just made that up. Hi. Hi. Sorry, we're just doing a little podcast here, and uh, my name's Vish. How are you? You probably don't want to talk, right? You get. Do you get in trouble? Will you get in trouble? No, I just not want to. You don't you like talking on microphones. No. Okay, that's fine. So people can't hear it, but she's like, no, 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 that's fine. No, no, not at all. They don't know who you are. It's it fine. nicer than that. No, it was totally nice. Sorry. Uh, do you have anything vegetarian here yet? Uh, the Panzerottis are just cheese. Okay, cheese and sauce? Yes. Okay, I will have one of those. Okay. Uh, and then these guys are going to order. I'm going to have a pepperoni slice. Same here. Pepperoni slice, please. Yeah, that's that sounds great. And Evan, you, yeah, no carbs, right? Okay. Uh, to uh, we'll take go to outside, go. Yeah. yeah, we'll take it outside. Yeah. All right. So that. Oh, do you want me to get here? You. I also have limited. I have. I'm sure she can make change. Yeah, we'll do it. It's fine. Here. You can pay for mine. Can you pay for mine? Sure. How much is the cheese pans? Are six fifty? Okay. Here. I'm gonna. Well, hang on. What's that? It's just my podcast. These are my guests. These guys play in a band called Several Futures. No, no, she doesn't <laughs> want to talk on the record. That's fine. Uh, the show is called Creative Control. It has two Ks at the beginning, not just randomly. It's about music and culture and some food, anything really. Yeah. 
I'll get the, together. Uh, together. Together. Yeah. Together. Okay. Yeah, I kind of want a drink. Should I get a drink? Yeah, I do. What are you gonna get? I got a long night. Maybe I should actually get a caffeine drink. Yeah, I don't want to say their name, but the. May I get a a, a sugared cola? <laughs> a regular cola that I don't want to say the brand name. Okay, so I'm gonna get a cola. I just they don't they those guys never paid their bills for my ad sponsorship. Oh wow! So yeah. I don't want to I don't want to give them a credit. No no no. Why would I get them to do that? And I'll have a this red and white sugar, cola looks delicious. Thank you. Thank you. And this is the Panzeretti. Okay. Thank you so much. Oh, wait, this is gonna be okay. We're gonna okay. Let's go outside. Thanks, Johnny. Okay, we'll go outside and we'll find a seat. Thank you. There's a bench right here. Oh yeah, a bench. Why don't we sit on the bench? Okay, so why don't you sit beside Evan? Yep. I'll sit beside Johnny. Oh, look at this bench. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now we're, now right, we're talking. Now we're cruising here. Now you guys got slices. I got a pan's rice. Here, Evan, Evan can hold the mic while oh, I yeah, eat. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't have that option here. That's fine. I'll chomp on stuff while we're, we're talking. One of the things, we were just alluding to the fact, uh, some... Uh, making some post-punk jokes, <laughs> which is fine. And again, I don't want to label you. Do you. Does that term bother you that no. it would, might be associated with your with your band? Not at all. I, th I mean, like, post-punk is my jam. Like, it's, uh, it's probably, I mean, yeah, it's probably, like, my favorite style of music, and I have no issue being described that way. I think that maybe there's a... Um, well, anytime you use a genre signifier, there's always a worry that someone's going to misunderstand what you're doing and associate it with something else in their brain. Because, um, you know, what I think of as, be, as being post-punk might be, might be different from, you know, what most people think of. But Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I think it's, it was a really important era for me in music. Um, a sort of like, you know, punk being this sort of like moment of liberation from sort of music industry uh, confines. Uh, but still a lot of the original punk bands were still kind of just Chuck Berry-ish, you know, rock and roll. But then in, in post-punk, there was this like just flowering of creativity and all these different types of... Um, styles of music making and, and were just sort of absorbed by the energy of punk to make some pretty like timeless music so what, what's interesting to me about it also is that post-punk even though we think about it as something that happened after punk yeah. a lot of the bands were around at the same time or even right. earlier right and they just didn't get their records out in time like mm. we could be this could have been <laughs> the other way around if they had been more <laughs> on the ball um but some of those bands like this heat and uh 
you know, some of the more experimental bands started up in like 75, 76. Right. Uh, and, or even earlier. And things like Devo and Perubu were before, were 73, 73 74, yeah. 75, so. Uh, right, but they got kind of lumped into New Wave or yeah, whatever. Yeah, well, you know, they didn't get their first albums out till 78, 79, and by that time it was too late. Was it the same thing, do you think, that happens now where the record plants are over, like they're busy and people can't get their records out and then because you wait so long, you're classified in a whole new genre of music? That, I, that's that seems entirely weird. possible. I, it's also this, there wasn't such a, there was no like independent record label in infrastructure yet really to speak of. So a lot of people were still dependent on major labels and their fickleness. fickleness. So That could have been it too. Now, one of the reasons I bring this up is because we were just making jokes about post-punk and how kind of dark it is. Several Futures is actually a very optimistic name to me. I was thinking about it and I was like, Several Futures. That seems promising. It doesn't seem dark and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, the music that you make has a darkness to it and an edge to it, but what, what does that mean? What does that sentiment mean to you? Well, the, the name, I mean, it's... It, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say it's optimistic, but it's non-deterministic. Sure. Um, the, it actually comes from a short story called The Garden of Forking Paths by uh, Jorge Luis Borges. Okay. Uh, which was a story, it's a very short story, but it's it's a story about kind of the convergence of different, different possibilities around uh, unpredictable events. And it was one of the first stories right. that's credited with kind of being uh, non-linear, postmodern uh, kind of fiction coming out of the modernist era. Okay, so do some of these eventualities actually have a bleak tone to them? Like, are you reading about multiple futures, so to speak, when you're reading this story? Is that? Yeah, I mean, the the story is pretty is is pretty dark. It's kind of a bleak story. I think in terms of. Um I think in terms of how we interpret the name, I think it's, for me, it's sort of like that every day your sort of perspective on the future changes. It's just like one, you know, you have days where you're like, oh my God, today's the day I'm going to figure everything out and we're all going to figure everything out. We're going to solve all our problems. We're going to like make some amazing technological cha- fix for climate change and we're going to live in this socialist utopia and other days where you're just like, oh my God, you know, like the end is nigh. Um, uh, chances are we're not going to make it. Civilization is doomed. Uh, all these like... Um, apocalyptic movies are like seeming less and less fictional so I think that just that sense of that sense of sort of schizophrenia about the future fits like plays into our music right and it's also open to different possibilities though generally speaking I kind of like the name because conceptually it's so open to interpretation as well so I mean just anybody could could sort of envision whatever that means well I don't and I don't make a habit of asking bands about their band names it has happened on the show yeah but I just thought of what you're doing and what that name connotes. Because on some level, you know, we name things because we have to name them. Yeah. But sometimes they have meaning and sometimes they might be, they might house, they might be the, an umbrella concept, right? Yeah. So when I heard several futures, I, and it didn't occur to me until I was listening to your records again today. I'm just like, wow, this is so, so spirited. Some people would view it as angsty and yet it seems open. It seems like, I mean, even within, between the EP and the record, there's a lot of invention. There's a lot of like sonic things that change within the band and, yep. and I can hear different influences. So I like that openness. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think the name, the name appealed to, to me and, and probably to us, partly because we live in this weird time. Like we were talking about before, you know, this like kind of like weird collapse of cultural eras and the uncertainty around like, 
are you know are we moving into a major utopian period where we're going to solve all these big problems and everything's going to be awesome or are we about to wipe ourselves off the face of the earth like, yeah. within our lifetime yeah. and we just we don't know it could go either way um, but i think it there's a general feeling that we're living in a in a a time of transformation like when something big is going to happen and going to change and it's going to happen fairly soon whatever it is it's kind of funny you say this because i kind of feel like we do know how it's going to end up because the scientists keep telling us we're effed so everyone's <laughs> that's true. Like, hey, that's true. you never know what's going to happen but that's not actually true we do know what's going to happen things are bleak it's not several futures Th- things are it fairly is one bleak. future and we're all doomed <laughs> and thanks a lot guys thanks a lot for reminding us now, do you do you actually feel like there's there's a chance we might all survive that the world, Johnny, is going to be fine in the end? <laughs> Fish, it's too early. Um, How's your pizza? Um, full of uh, carbohydrates and climate change. Um, Evan, how are you doing with just the air that you've been sucking? I'm, I'm great. I, I I've been grazing all day. Oh, have you? Yeah. Okay, good. So you seem like you're in good shape. Now, do, do, do you? Go ahead, Johnny. If I can, if I can answer that sincerely, I, and I agree with Matt says that the, it is weird the sort of convergence of all these things in terms of of technology and um, uh, environmental situations and just the rapid change of, of society. It feels like we are in the verge of something crazy, and maybe it is the singularity, um, or maybe it is like ecological collapse, or maybe it's both, and or maybe there's a chance that we can figure out some kind of a solution um but uh if it, it, it feels like we're like this is it feels like the 20th century is finally fading away and it's weird that like all these sort of like celebrity deaths have happened this year it's and and, and back to the thing we were talking about, about coachella um is like you can sense like did you hear about that new festival that they're trying to do which is going to be like all the soon-to-be-dead rock stars like the who and paul mccartney and who else like bob dylan the rolling dylan, stones yeah. and it's like we ha- it just seems to be this. We're just grasping onto the, like the last sort of threads of 20th century pop culture before like time catches up with everyone, and there's a weird ghoulishness to it. And I feel like in a way we're we're seeing this kind of generation generational turnover where in a few years we're actually going to be in the 20s. Like we're going to be into yeah. like well into the 21st century, and there aren't going to be as many people around. You even remember 21st? Did I say 20th? I did. Speaking of guys trapped in the 20th century, <laughs> 21st century, and that's you know, and like I think a lot of people don't actually think about the future as being like the place we're going to live, and the fact that we're going to soon going to be in a new decade that's going to really establish us as being in the 21st century, and that's going to be different, I think. Yeah. Now, how does this manifest? You guys are clearly thinking about what's going on in the present tense. I get the impression that. In some of your music, you're trying to highlight the fact that some of us maybe aren't thinking as much about what's going on now. Is that fair? Does that come across in your music? I think that's a lyrical sort of thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I think that, you know, our, our apart from our musical uh, shared interests that drew us together, we also have topical shared interests, uh, which include mm-hmm. things like science fiction and uh, urbanism and um, and you know, these kinds of topics that are really focused on thinking about uh, where we live, how we live, why we live this way, where we might be going yeah. in, in that regard. Yeah. Um, and that definitely makes it into our lyrical content and probably the overall tone of the music. Um, you know, in this conversation we've just been having about not knowing where we're going, the first thing that popped to mind 
for me was William Gibson's newest book, uh, The Peripheral, hmm. which is is an amazing piece. I think it's as revolutionary as Neuromancer was in the 80s. I haven't um, read it yet. <laughs> but so in, without without it's any good. spoilers, in it, it he what he uses is this device to predict um, some sort of massive shift in the world in terms of the environment, technology, and culture. And he just calls it. Um, Oh, now you know, and I, can, I can't now, remember what he calls it. Remember. Anyway, yeah. that's sure. even better because if you haven't better. read it, yeah, then spoiler. you don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's good. But but it's this unexplained thing. It's like an event. Yeah, and yeah. it just happens. And this is post-event. That's a lot of what we're seeing in in popular culture. There are yeah. TV shows. There are movies about a specific cataclysmic event. I mean, this has been going on for decades, but it seems like more and more people are embracing yeah. this notion that we are in some form of end time. And no one knows exactly how these end times are going to manifest well, themselves. So what's but interesting about his... Existential crisis, really. Yeah, and what's interesting about his version of this event is that it's not a natural disaster or something. It's like a technological invention oh. that changes everything we know about the world and how we live in it. Right. Uh, and ultimately ends up in in a world that is equally utopia and dystopia to this, in the same way that ours is now. Oh, okay. Uh, hmm. You know, because I, I, I think one of the things that... that Thanks, Matt. Well, no, that's not a spoiler at all. That's in, like, the first page. <laughs> okay. You'll see. Uh, but, um... That I, actually might have been a life spoiler. A li- yeah, a life like spoiler. Like a universe, yeah. not even a well, book spoiler. That's, like, and that's I think probably that's, what's going to happen. That's kind of what's in some of our music, I think, and some of our lyrics is is this notion that, that it's not utopia or dystopia. It's just, like, this is the world, and it's changing... We don't know exactly how it's going to change. It's probably not all going to be good or bad. Yeah. Uh, and what what might that look like, and how we can how can we think about that based on on what we do now and where we're living now? Right. And to bring it back to our music, we what's what I like about what we do is that we don't like bring songs into the space. We like write our songs based on a collective improvisation and in some ways, sort of almost instant composition. Like the three of us have been playing together for so long that we can. We can communicate through, like musically very quickly and communicate changes and pick up on what the other, the other is doing in a very fast way. And, and um, we can have these long, like sprawling 30-minute jams that we re- thankfully record <laughs> usually and have lots of good bits we can pull out and then restructure into actual songs. And I think that we both know if, if something's getting too dark or doomy, we know how to suddenly pull it into an unexpected major key change <laughs> that's going to suddenly li- lift your mood and, um, and and take and take the song in a whole new direction, or take the take the piece or jam or whatever we're doing into a whole new direction. Right. You guys, uh, because you've been all of you have been making making music for so long, you have been part of different musical communities here. You know, as things have been flow, uh, you guys just and I'm curious about where you think this band fits in the contemporary Toronto, Toronto music community because as you're outlining some of your lyrical motifs, as you're outlining some of the sonic sensibilities that you guys share in the band, I wonder if you feel like you, you do have contemporary, because we also establish you're a little bit older. That's not, let's not, let's not, not mince words here. There's just lots a, of older rocker dudes now. I think it's the norm. Yeah, sure. Um, so, so I'm just curious, like, do you, do you, who would you count among your contemporaries? How are you feeling about Toronto's arts uh, community as it stands because at least I know that Johnny and in your work you, you guys in your in your bands I do know this about jo- Johnny is like to me a pivotal figure in the rise of Toronto's underground arts community 
So I'm just, that's why I value his perspective on some of these things. And, 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 and I'm just curious if you can, maybe Matt or Evan, if you can comment on where you feel your band fits in the grand scheme of things in Toronto. I, I wouldn't know. Evan, wouldn't know do, 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 Evan, do you pay attention to such things? Not as much as I used to. I mean, I was, um, I was a music journalist for, for a long time. And I guess, you know, that was part of my job to, to pay attention to it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to stay on top of that, you know. Sure. Um, I don't know. Well, and uh, I mean, you, then you occupy, and, and Johnny also is a journalist as well, you occupy an interesting realm because you're on both sides of it, right? Yeah. You're on both sides of the cycle of consumption, production, and, and like, I mean, as a person in Toronto, do you feel like the city's in a good place in terms of what's going on arts and culturally? From what I can, from what I can comprehend and pay attention to, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. And Matt, how do you feel? Um, it's an interesting question because, uh, I mean, there's certainly some bands that we love and we've played with a bunch of times and are awesome, like um, Not Of and Champion Lover and, um, you know, bands I would think of as, as kind of our contemporaries doing not dissimilar things. Right. Um, We're all kind of similar age, too. Yeah, that's true. We're similar aged. And then, you know, you also have a rise of, of a few, you know, skyrocketing Toronto rock bands like Mets um, who are also not you know not playing in a totally different realm than no, us no uh, yeah and almost of, and of the same vintage really same age spring chickens neither yeah exactly <laughs> so you know in some ways they're contemporaries although they're they're doing it at like a, a whole other level than we are at the moment right. um, so there's definitely a, a thing here uh, the, but there's also a lot of different scenes and you know one of the things that, I, that drew us together actually back like 15 years ago when we were all hanging out at Wavelength all the time was, for me, it was the diversity of the music that was yeah. brought together yeah. on those nights and how you'd have like electronic and hip hop and punk and all these bands kind of mingling together and doing their thing all together and equally respected and and um, that variety of taste. And I, and I still like that about the Toronto music scene. Like there's still tons of different interesting stuff going on. Um, I, I love a lot of the more experimental side of things. So right. like um, Joe Strutt has this night called Track Could Bend that I try to go to when I can. Joe Strutt is the, the, the founder of the Mechanical Forest. Uh, Mechanical Forest Sound, yeah. Yeah, that's right. He records, and, uh, he tends he, to record does, a lot of concerts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so he, he has his own night now, which is like all improvised experimental music that's really cool. Um, there's um, Feast in the East, which is great. There's like there's a lot of really good events, and of course, Wavelength is still going and awesome. Right. Okay. Uh, so, so it yeah. just feels vibrant to you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Johnny, I want to ask uh, about Wavelength stuff uh, briefly, but I also kind of want to know what's in store for several futures uh, over the next little while. Is there a way for you to, to talk about both of those things? I think so. I actually kind of wanted to answer the where do we fit in the music scene question first, if I may. Um, and it's kind of, it's for me as art artistic director of Wavelength, which is as a sort of ongoing project in a way, Wavelength, this is the series, tries to be about the entire Toronto music scene. Like as we try to be as wide, have as wide and diverse a vision as possible, um, which sometimes can be a bit of a kind of Atlas-like task, you know, because a bit of weight on our shoulders. And for me, being in this band is actually great because it's me not having to worry about the rest of the music scene. It's just, <laughs> it's just being, just being able to do my thing with my friends and follow a creative path without worrying about where it fits and what 
scene we're part of. And sure, and we've you know we've discovered some fellow travelers, like some of the uh, you know similar minded bands that like Matt mentioned, like Not of or Champion Lover or Two Koreas uh, or Miko Cheech. Um, there's lots of other people who are just trying trying to do something similar. Um, and it seems like there's so many, especially a lot of guys who are like in their 30s, well, well, you know, well past their, you know, age of 35, who are just still doing it, still just making music and putting it out however they can. And uh, in a way, we it's not that we've given up. It's just that the idea of taking it to that career level of that like international touring level is maybe we've all accepted that that's likely out of reach or maybe not going to happen and that in a way is also kind of liberating because it's just lets us just focus on the on a, the actual music making and finding our own voices artists now, uh, I appreciate that response, and I want to find out what's uh, next for your band, and, and if you want, you can talk about some Wavelength stuff as well. I will say that you guys have all eaten your pizza, and I, <laughs> I've had my hands full with this microphone. Yeah, you chewing should... sounds on the... I did get a bit, but oh, I, nice. I was actually hoping, Johnny, that you could, in fielding this question, yeah. take the microphone, take over... Uh, the mic stand duties that I've been yeah, uh, taking yeah, on, yeah, so yeah, that I, I haven't touched. No, it. I just want to. I want to. And, and if, if both of you want to also talk about how your batondo slices were in more detail, that would be great. Uh, it was exactly what I was expecting it to be and hoping for. It was a was, old school slice of pizza that you fold in half and it kind of drips on you while you eat. I was so single-mindedly focused on devouring my slice that I wasn't even aware you hadn't touched your panzerato. So. My, my panzerato is basically a folded up slice. I've just had my first bite. It's okay. <laughs> I think that's what Adam Bradley would call a cheese bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Plans for this band? Well, we're, uh, we're doing some touring really soon, at least. Uh, so we're spending May doing some shows um, around the province. We're playing Ottawa uh, on May 6th, and then we're playing Montreal, which I guess is out of the province on May 7th. And then we're playing Peterborough on May 13th. And then we're back in Toronto to play Double Double Land on May 26th with Fetnat, who are also like a really, really cool band from Quebec who are just, well, from Hull, who are just kind of like older dudes who are just doing their own thing because they don't care anymore. I mean, not in a good way. Like, they don't, they don't care about what's popular. They're just doing what they like. Mm-hmm. They vaguely remind me of, like, the Jesus Lizard and... I don't know what the other thing is, but the singer <laughs> who sings, like, he's a francophone singer. He has a bit of yow in him. Yeah, and what's really funny about Fetnat is that they're like barely known in Toronto, but they're huge in Guelph. <laughs> Have you noticed that? There's like, and there is this like Canadian thing happening, which is really cool. Like, there's this Canadian indie like confidence that doesn't necessarily have to do with Toronto or the bigger centers. And I think mm-hmm. that's really refreshing in terms of where where the scene is going. Uh, but in terms of the plans for our band, um, I don't think we have we don't, we don't have grand plans. But we're definitely going to make another album. We're going to start once we're um, done promoting this one. We're going to probably start working on the next one pretty yep. soon. And we also um, want to have a chance to explore a bit more of our improvised side. Yeah, and we actually have our our next release is likely going to be. A uh, 50-minute improvised set that we did as a film accompaniment uh, back in December. Was yeah, in December, December. Yeah, in St. Catharines. Uh, we're just kind of finishing the mixing and editing on that now, and it'll that'll probably be the next thing we put out. But no, no ETA yet. Well, that's great to hear. That's nice to hear. And I, uh, where can people learn more about your band on the internet? Because I think you have a Bandcamp page. I understand you have a cheese bag page. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm actually going home to registercheesebag.com right yeah, now. Yeah, I feel like we can put a photo of me up there right yeah. now eating this cheese bag. It's good. It's actually pretty good, this Butando's Panzerati. I think we have we have all the platforms. We have a SoundCloud. We have a Twitter. We have a Facebook. Everything's, luckily, it's a, like a pretty uncommon name. So everything is backslash several futures. There is like some, I think, like Nigerian electro artist called Several Future. Like, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it's just yeah. singular. That's cool. That we should the, do a show together. That, yeah, that was the closest. Finding this band name was really hard. We spent a long time. We did, we, yeah. Um, I think I was a bit of a fascist, too. I was like shooting down everything. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. We're not going to settle for a half-assed name. Good. Don't, yeah, don't settle for, on the name because yeah. you're stuck with it. Yeah, I do recommend that from experience. For, for the younger viewers wanting you like how to advice on their band, don't settle for a shitty band name. Because even if, if you change it later, no one will know. It won't matter. Yeah, it's true. Okay. What's up for Wavelength? That was your question. Uh, Camp Wavelength is our summer festival that we're planning right now. That's going to be in August on Toronto Island. And that's our that's our main thing. Um, we're also uh, going to be collaborating with some other Ontario festivals uh, to make a new uh, alliance called the called so- technically like per- tentatively called SOFA, the Small Ontario Festival Alliance. That's pretty cool. Do you remember the band from Montreal, SOFA? Of course, Constellation Records founder Ian Alasky's band. It was a great band. <laughs> yeah, it was a great band. That was like the, the first Constellation band. Very first release on Constellation, yeah, and they uh, they played Guelph, actually. You know what's funny, is, uh, speaking of Constellation, is uh, when we heard the band Ought, um, when they first put out their record, like two, their first album two years ago, loved that record, and I was like, all right, these guys are like us, man, they're like old, they're like, you know, these guys are like 37, and then I saw them and they're all like 20. And I was like, you <laughs> bastards. How can you like be so young and sound so seasoned? Yeah, those guys are, that's like one of the best bands going right now. And, yeah, they're great. And, and they're so young and so good, and I love them. So I'm glad, and I could see, you guys should share a bill with Ott. Yeah, we were actually, we were supposed to open for them, but then one of us was away. Oh, <laughs> that's with me. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. All right, well, this has been fun, guys. Thank you for being on the show. Evan, thanks Thank for being you. here. Thank you. Yeah, and, and, and Matt, it's yeah, been man. nice having you. Now, is there a song from the band that we can go out on right now? Does Who wants to pick? Do you want to decide amongst yourselves while I eat this yeah, cheese bag? Uh, I think you should play the uh, Lost Dreams 4, Further Out. Now, this is a suite. It's the last song on the four-song suite, the Lost Dreams suite. What can you tell us about this, uh, Matt? What can you say about this song? Uh, this song uh, is the longest on the record. It's, uh, it's a bit of a magnum opus. It was very much inspired by kind of the Glenn Branca uh, guitar orchestra kind of style of minimalism, like brutalist minimalism. Um, and it's about dreams. Okay. Lost Dreams for Further Out by Several Futures. Gentlemen, this was an honor and a pleasure. Thank you for taking me to Batondos and walking and talking with me in Toronto. And I wish you the best of luck, and I hope we talk again soon. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, let's see it again Thank soon.
That was brand new music by several futures from their new album, Before You Forget. That was Lost Dreams 4, further out. Thanks to Johnny, Matt, and Evan for being on the show and walking and talking. Did you notice that I seemed a little winded at various points during this episode? I need to start working out or something. It's because I eat so much pizza, and I'm walking to pizza. I'm winded just from walking around now and talking to people. That's not good. I could hear it. It's not healthy. I gotta fix things. I really do. I gotta stop. I gotta stop doing stuff and start doing stuff. That's how you fix things now. You stop one thing and you start other stuff, and that's how you get better. Thanks to several futures for being on the show. Go see them. Uh, They're playing a bunch of shows, as I mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, So, yeah, go see them. They're great. As you hear this, I am in St. John's, Newfoundland for the Lanya Vanya Festival, so that's really exciting for me. If you're in St. John's, come say hello, of course, and come out to our live taping at the Rocket Room on Friday, May 6th at 9 p.m., I believe. It was supposed to be 8 p.m., and then it got moved to 9 p.m. Show up around 8, just to be safe. We're doing a, a, a live talk show taping, and I believe the band Braids are among my guests and, and everyone else. I'm still... I think I know who they are, but I don't know off the top of my head. I know old Braids are going to be on the show, so that'll be fun. They haven't been on the show in a while. I like Braids. So I wanted to mention that, and uh, what else is going on? Well, not nothing really. I just I want to tell you that if you want to download or subscribe to the, uh, the, the show, like download episodes, stream the, stream the episodes of the show, go to iTunes... Audioboom.com, vishkana.com. Go to patreon.com if you want to make a flexible monthly donation to the program. Keep the show going. The, the podcast, we could use your help. And the uh, show is on uh, Facebook. There's a, a Facebook page, Creative Control of Vishkana, there. And then also on Twitter, at Creative. I'm on Twitter, at Vishkana. Follow me. Why, why, why not? That'll be fun. And, of course, special thanks, as always, to CFRU 93.3 FM in Guelph for airing the show every Wednesday at noon Eastern Standard Time on the radio and also around the world at CFRU.ca. Oh, there is one other thing. There was something on the tip of my tongue. If you're... Well, you don't even have to be in Canada. I am appearing on an episode of the CBC Radio 1 show, Tapestry, which uh, has some kind of online home. You can listen to my appearance using the uh, www. But if you want to listen to it on the radio, it airs on Sunday, May... B- 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 what is that? The 8th? May 8th. I think it's 2 p.m. It depends where you live. It can't be 2 p.m. for everywhere. You could live in a place where 2 p.m. is 8 p.m. You know what I'm saying. Anyway, I'm on this show, Tapestry, to talk about uh, pop music and, uh, and religious faith. I know about one of those things, but they asked me to be on the show, and it was fun. So listen to me on Tapestry... And, uh, yeah, that's it. Come out to St. John's, Newfoundland. Come out to the Hillside Festival. I'll be doing a live taping there, too. All right, just go do stuff. I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 